told some pastors that I was with last week that my desire for last week was that you would see that it's not about me and that I would be okay with that, right? Because a lot of times we, we want to make it about us and pastoral confession number two, sometimes I want to make it about me, but it's not about me. And I would say it over and over and over. 
until I believe it, right? Like, that's, that's what we do. And so there are some things in your life that you need to preach to yourself over and over and over again until you believe it. So, um, so I wanted to make sure that you guys saw that it's not about me. Uh, if you come to this church because I'm the pastor, then you're definitely coming for the wrong reason. And because eventually I'm going to let you down, I'm going to make decisions that you're not going to like. somewhere else because there's another human being being the pastor there, and you're going to go there for him until he lets you down, and then you know what you're going to do? You're going to go to another church, and you're going to go another place. But we believe that it's best to live in community with each other and be a part of the body of Christ because of Jesus, not because of these demons. And so if, if you're going to do it, then do it because of him and not because of me. So that was my desire last week. So as I've gotten older and I've gotten kids and I've, I've gotten to this age where I, I really don't like traveling, um, even by myself, which is what I did last week, I don't have an opportunity to do that often. But when I was away, I was away for six days this last time, which was really an awkward period of being away. Because what happens with that six-day mark is, like, you've always got this one question anytime you fly an airplane. Do I check my bag or do I carry on? You have to decide, am I going to check my bag or am I going to carry on? And if you're gone, and it, let's be honest, if you're away on business, you always carry on because hopefully you're not gone for very long on business, right? But when you are away for six days, and, and um, I got to go see with other pastors and do some, some rest and relaxation, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, we, uh, we actually went five fifty in one day. That was six-day trip, I had that awkward, like, it's a really awkward period of time that you're away, because six days is like, do I try to sleep everything I need for six days in this one bag that's going to go over my head and it's just going to be working, or do I carry on, and, uh, or do I check my bag and risk that it gets lost in the middle of the woods, probably like the Lord told me to have, right? And so, what I've learned is, is that we So we, the reason why we oftentimes like to, we prefer to carry on is now, now it costs money to check your bag and change your clothes, right? That's the most expensive thing. So it does cost me twenty five bucks to get my bag checked every day, but that's not on me. That's on the IRS. I get paid a lot more money. So, um, so oftentimes we would rather carry on and put our bags in this compartment because 
huge claim is Tumblr. Because, especially at Logan Airport, and for any of you who fly in and out of Logan Airport, I'm sorry, because when you get to the baggage claim, you get like three or four people deep around this carousel, carousel that, that's carrying these bags that go by you, and, and you're like three or four people deep, and you're going, oh, I think that's my bag. I think that's my bag. You get up to it, you elbow it, you know, you fall, and you just get, you know, you get in there, and you're, oh, that's not my bag. And then you go back, and you're like, three or four deep, you look at that, you look at that, and sometimes you just grab your body weight, and you're like, no, that's my bag. And then you put the thing on the back of your truck, and you run up there one, you run up there two, and you're just pissed off, right? Because you got this big bag. And you guys, if, how many know the baggage claim struggle? Come on. Yeah, we all know the baggage claim struggle. What I believe is that our country really needs some baggage etiquette, right? Like we really could use some baggage etiquette. And I would go as far as to say that as we talk about baggage, like it's not just baggage that we travel with, but baggage that we carry throughout our life. Because the truth be told, we all have baggage from this journey living not traveling its life itself. And I think that our country truly needs baggage etiquette when it comes to baggage that we don't have, baggage from our journey living life. And so I'm really excited because for the next four weeks after today, I'm going to preach a five-week series about baggage. And hopefully, in, uh, when it's all said and done, we'll live life a little bit lighter question today is this, what am I carrying around in my life that should not be a part of my baggage? What am I carrying around in my life that should not be a part of my journey? What is it that I need to get rid of in my lifetime? And I'm not talking about friends today, right? I'm, I'm talking about things in your life. Some of you may need something to get rid of, some of you don't. Some of you might want to get rid of some things. But I'm talking about the baggage that we all have because of things that we that happen to us throughout our lifetime. And so um, I want to start out this message this morning with giving you five suggestions of things that happen in our lives that allow us to carry baggage. The first one is number two, take a note, write this down. If you're not writing, take a note, write this down. Number one is unfulfilled expectations. Unfulfilled expectations. So oftentimes we have baggage in our lives from unfulfilled expectations. In the book of Proverbs, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to the book of Proverbs, chapter 17. Also, if you want to follow along with our notes today, you can download the YouVersion Bible app. It's the number one way to download your Bible. There's a Bible app on, on the web. You can just click iTunes and Google Play and the events portion and um, the Refuge Church should pop up on the screen after you get there. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 12 says this, it says, hope deferred 
makes the heart sick. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a good life. But a dream fulfilled is a true life. In other words, hope that goes and not gets fulfilled, hope that goes on to get unfulfilled or unanswered, oftentimes makes our heart sick. It breaks our hearts when we want something and we don't get it. How many parents know that's true? Come on. How many parents know that's true? When you when you tell your kids no, but I want it, right? They have unfulfilled expectations of getting that candy in the line at Walmart or whatever it is, that bicycle that they want, whatever it is that they think they really, really want. They have unfulfilled expectations, and oftentimes that can lead us to carrying around baggage of unfulfilled expectations. Oftentimes, again, parents, be firm with me. Oftentimes, what happens when we have unfulfilled expectations is it leads to us getting angry. Parents, yeah? Shake your head, yes. Yeah, that way I, I know that I'm, come on, how are you looking today? Yeah, all right. Shake your head, yes. Anxious, yeah, okay, there we go. Oftentimes, when our kids want something and they don't get it, it leads to them getting angry. Now, we can teach our kids to talk about that, or we can get real and say, maybe some of you have some unfulfilled expectations at work that you're pretty upset about right now. Or maybe you have some unfulfilled expectations in your marriage. Uh-oh. But it leads to us getting angry because we have unfulfilled expectations. So when was the last time that we had some expectations that were unfulfilled? Or maybe it's like this. Maybe you have someone in your life that had some expectations of you that you were unable to fulfill for them. And because of their anger towards you, you're carrying around that baggage to your home. Because you were unable to meet the needs or meet the expectations of someone else. Oftentimes, these unfulfilled expectations, this baggage of unfulfilled expectations, can even bleed over into our belief of God. But God, I didn't think, I don't think you should do it that way. But God, you don't, like, you're not doing it the way I would do it, God. And oftentimes we think that God has to operate in this box of our own expectations. But the Bible says that his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. Therefore, we cannot put God in a box and say, God, you have to do it this way for me to believe in you. Maybe some of you are here today and you're not believing in God because you think he should do things differently than he's doing it right now. And so you're carrying around this baggage of unfulfilled expectation when it comes to God. The second thing that we often, will often lead us to baggage is untreated pain. So the first one is unfulfilled expectation. The second one is untreated pain. Untreated pain. When you get hurt and you don't do anything about it, oftentimes our baggage is caused by untreated pain. In the book of Jeremiah, you can turn with me there. It's in chapter 6, verse 14. It's on the screen. This is the NIV translation. It says this. It says, they dress 
the wound of my people as though it were not serious. They dress the wound. So in other words, there's a big gash in their arm that they need stitches for because they couldn't put a bandage on it. Peace, peace, they say, when there was no peace. They dress the wound of my people as though it was not serious. Peace, peace, they say. They ignore the pain. They ignore it. When we get hurt, it is our natural reaction to carry it with us. But the secret is in the way that we treat that pain, just like it is with any pain that we have in our physical life. If you have a headache, you're going to take a Tylenol. If you're wounded emotionally because of some hurt that someone has given to you, you have to treat it. Because here's what happens. When I was in Montana last week, one of the guys said this. It was so good that I immediately texted my wife, like, in front of all the guys. I was like, this is so good. I'm so good at that. And this is what he said. He said, pain not transformed gets transported. Write that down. Pain not transformed gets transferred. Ouch. That hurts. Because if you don't transform the pain of your life, you're going to give it to somebody else and you're going to make them hurt too. We often say, in fact, Beth Moore said it like this. She said, hurt people hurt people. When you get hurt, it is your natural reaction to cause someone else pain in their life. If you're here today, and you're carrying around pain, I want you to know this morning that there's a purpose for the pain that you go through in life. God always has a purpose for the pain that you're going through. I don't know what it is. Maybe someone that you love stops loving you. Maybe someone that you love gave up. contemplating suicide in life because you just don't know how you're going to bear the pain anymore. Don't use it as an opportunity to get weaker. Use it as an opportunity to be stronger. Use the pain to make you stronger. That's what God wants. But you can't do it alone. And so he brings us into this community with each other so that he reminds us physically that we need each other to get over the pain of our lives. That's why we have to be here together. But he also does it so that we can be reminded of each other that we must be, we must do it with his help. So physically, he gives us each other, but he also gives us, gives us each other physically so that we can be reminded that we need him to do it spiritually. Number three, the third reason that we often carry around, around pain is unresolved yesterdays. Unresolved yesterdays. Maybe some of your unresolved yesterdays have resulted in pain in your life. Because you haven't gone to someone and had a simple conversation with them. Or because maybe someone hasn't come to you and had a simple conversation with you. There are so many, so many things in our lives 
that can be resolved with this simple conversation. Maybe you need to go home today and pick up your phone and call your mom or your dad. Call a coworker. Call someone and say, you know what, I'm tired of this, this unresolved in our life. Let's resolve it and get over it and, and, and get over the pain that's there. Unresolved yesterdays often causes us pain and baggage in our lives. We do not resolve conflict fast enough, which oftentimes leads us to not responding with the grace that we probably should. We need to fix our problems with each other because life is too short to carry on an unresolved conflict with someone else. The Bible puts it like this in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 and 27. It says, and do not sin by letting your anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. I love the practical advice that the Bible gives us. The practical advice, like this is simple. Like we can, we can do this in our lives. Simply don't go to bed while you're still mad at someone. You know what the Bible's saying? The Bible's saying, get over it, resolve it, take care of it as fast as you can. How do you know that this got a lot harder when you got married? Come on. You know it's hard when, you're, when, when you get married and, and, and you live life with each other and all of a sudden you get mad. And of course, you're going to get mad at some of the people that you, that you got to pay to make up. You know, you got to work on all of that. My wife and I have gone to bed angry. We woke up mad with each other, and we were so mad. And we're like, this is awful. And so we made a pledge that we're going to do our best, our best, not to go to mad, not to go to bed mad at each other. Like, find a way to have a conversation before you simply say good night. It's practical. It's simple. Get, re, get, get resolved, find resolve, find a way not to, to go to bed mad at each other. Because unresolved, unresolved yesterdays oftentimes lead to anger and baggage in our lives. Deal with your anger. Number four, and this is this is um, this one's tough. This one is the one. If, if I'm lugging any baggage around this morning, which I said we all are, this is the one that I often carry with me. Because number four is an unhealthy view of yourself. An unhealthy view of yourself. Notice I didn't say pride is the baggage that we carry. Or I didn't say insecurity is the baggage that we carry. I didn't even say depression is the baggage that we carry. But I said an unhealthy view of ourselves. The Bible puts it like this in the message translation in Romans chapter 12 and verse 3. It says, I'm speaking to you out of deep gratitude for all that God has given me. And especially as I have responsibilities in relationship to you. Living then as every, as even, sorry, leaving, live, uh, 
living then as every one of you does in pure grace. It's important that you not misinterpret yourselves as people who are bringing this goodness to God. Once again, it has nothing to do with us. It has nothing to do with us. God brings it all to you. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what he has what he does for us, not by what we are and what we do for him. I said earlier that we oftentimes make it about us and it has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with God. And when we have an unhealthy view of ourselves, ladies and gentlemen, we are making it about ourselves. Man. Remember, this is the one, I'm preaching to myself right now. That's why I can't even read the stinking Bible when I'm talking about it. Because it's hard. We oftentimes want to make it about us and who we are. But it has nothing to do with us and everything to do with God and how he sees us and what we have done for him and what he has done for us. I am one of the most insecure people that you will ever meet. I don't know if you can tell that because I have, I have the gift of connection. Like I'm a gatherer by nature. I like people. I like to get people together. I like to throw a party. I like to see how I can connect with people um, and connect other people to other people. I love people. But that doesn't mean that I'm not insecure. And the reason I fight insecurity is because of what people have said about me in the past and because of things that I have failed to accomplish in the past. And because of that, I'm insecure. But the things that people have said about me in the past do not define me. The things that people have said about you in the past do not define you. The things that you have accomplished and the things that you have not accomplished do not define you. But the things that God says about you is what defines you. The things that God has for you is what defines you. accurate view of ourselves is not how we see ourselves, but how God sees us. The accurate view of ourselves is not how we see ourselves, but how God sees us. Adam, the accurate view of yourself is not how you see yourself, but how God sees you. Say it till you believe it. Because that's what I have to do. just simply mean, it doesn't mean unconfessed, right? It doesn't mean, um, it, it just means that, that sin that you haven't dealt with, sin that you haven't given over to God. This is a big deal because it's the thing in your life that prevents you from changing your life as God wants you to change. This is a big deal because it's, it keeps us from getting better. It keeps us from growing. Sin will always keep us from growing. 
book of Psalms, chapter 13, verse 3. It says, when I refuse to confess my sin, my body wasted away and I groan all, all day long. For the night your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. This is like the diet that you know you should go on that you never do. The workout that you know you should do in the day. And you're like, oh, I'm constantly checking on that workout is going on. And this is the thing that you want to accomplish in life, the thing that you want to do, the thing that you want to let go of, and you just can't find yourself to do it. So what's the solution? What's the solution to our battle? Well, let's, let's go back to our traveling This is something that's never happened to me because, frankly, I will always choose to check my luggage before I carry it on just because, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's the insecurity in me coming out. Like, I'm not secure enough to pick up my, make sure that I get to the overhead compartment. I don't know. But I often check my bags, so this never happens. But this is what I think needs to happen. What needs to happen is it just like our traveling scenario, so you, you choose to carry your luggage on, you get on your plane and all the overhead compartments are full. Everyone else has baggage too. All the overhead compartments are full and, and you're looking or, and, or maybe your, your baggage is too big to fit in the overhead compartment. What do they say? Do they come to you and say, sir, I can check that for you. And you're like, no, 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 please. Like, no, I just, I just need to watch this. But sir, charge you anything. It'll meet you at your final destination. At that moment, instead of just holding on to our baggage, we often try to just hold on to it. Why? Because we think, no, 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 I, I, I need it. I, I want to hold on to it. Like, I just want to take control. But let me tell you the relief. What a relief that can be if you just say, can't lose it, so it's going to be there for me no matter what, even, you know what, even if they lose my luggage and it takes three days to get there, it'll be there. Ah, doesn't that feel good? Like, just to let it go. And so oftentimes in our lives, with the baggage that we have, we need to check it and never claim it again. We need to check the luggage that we have or the baggage that we have. Sometimes I think the best thing for our lives is if we just check our bags and let it go. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 4, it says this. It says, for though we live in a world, we do not wage war against uh, as the world does. Verse 4, the weapons that we fight with are not weapons of this world. Oh, the contrary. They have divine power to demolish strongholds. I love that phrase. They have the divine, the, the weapons that we fight with have the divine power to demolish strongholds. You know, in the original language, that word strongholds can be translated as baggage. Let's demolish some baggage this morning. Let's get rid of it. Let's, let's explain, like, let's just demolish it. Get rid of it. 
problems of this life do often translate into being worldly problems that cannot be cured through God's And so we try to attack spiritual problems with worldly solutions. You can't attack a spiritual problem with a worldly solution. The spiritual problems that we have have to be dealt with spiritual resolutions, spiritual solutions. So what stronghold do you need to demolish this morning? What baggage do you need to demolish this morning? I think the reason we often hold on to our baggage is because so many of us are believing a lie. So many of us are believing a lie. In fact, if I were to have a big idea for today, you can write this down. The big idea for today is this. Your baggage is not based on reality. It's based on a lie. Let me say it again. Your baggage is not based on reality. It is based on a lie. And so what we need to replace the lie with is what? Truth. Say truth. We have to replace the lie with truth. So for the next four weeks, we're going to talk about truth according to this book. Because this is where we find truth. So we're going to talk about the truth that, that defines us, the truth that God has for us over the next four weeks. Because the baggage that you carry in your life is based on a lie. It's not based on reality. And so, in conclusion for today's message, I want to lead us to three truths that we often forget. That we often for, three truths that we often forget in our lives that lead us to carrying baggage. But before I do, look at look at Second Corinthians chapter ten, verse five. It says, "We demolish arguments and every pretensions that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought." to make it obedient to Christ. Stop forgetting the lie. Take captive of the thought that God has for you, that God has about you, and captivate it. You know what that means? It means trap it. Trap it in your brain. And then Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2, 22 through 23 says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off the old self, which is being corrupted by the deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your mind. Ladies and gentlemen, you often carry baggage not down here, but up here. You carry it in your brain, you carry it in your mind. And so because you carry the baggage in your mind, you have to replace the lie with the truth in your mind and you have to captivate that truth and hide it in your mind, which starts in your heart. That's why the Bible says, hide God's word in your heart that you may not sin against him. So truth number one, if we're going to believe in truth, number one is that God still loves you. No matter what you have done, God still loves you. I cannot accurately tell you how much God loves you. If God slept, he would dream about you. If he had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. God is not mad at you. He is madly in love with you. And it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't 
doesn't matter the mistakes or the failures that you have made. It doesn't matter what you believe about yourself. He has every belief in you that you can accomplish whatever you put your heart and your mind to. And he is madly, madly in love with you. I cannot express that to you enough. No matter what you've done, he's madly in love with you. In the book of John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, it's a famous verse. We all know it, but I want to read to you. Read it to you in the message translation. It says this. This is how much God loved the world that he gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why, so that no one need be destroyed. No one needs to be destroyed because God has sent his only son to die for us. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point to the abuse of the accusing finger. John 3.17 here is saying, God didn't send his son Jesus into the world to point point his finger at you and tell you you're doing it wrong. Other translations say, he didn't send him into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God doesn't want to point his finger at us and tell you you're doing it wrong. That's not the God that I serve. That's not the God that I love. you no matter what. The second truth today that we have to turn back to go back to is that God can forgive me. So number one, no matter what I've done, God still loves me. Number two, God can free me. He can free you of the baggage that you have. Freedom is out there. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 and 2 again in the message it says, but the arrival of Jesus the Messiah, the faithful deliverer is resolved. Those who enter into Christ's being here for us no longer have to live under the continuous low-lying black cloud. A new power is in operation. The spirit of life in Christ, like a strong wind, has magnificently cleared the canvas, freeing you from the faded lifetime of brutal sins There is freedom out there, but it has to be found in Jesus. Freedom is a breath of fresh air. I believe with all of my heart that freedom brings healing. Freedom brings healing. Finally, number three. Psalm chapter 71, verse 20 says, Though you have made me see troubles, many and bitter, you will restore my life to me from the depths of the earth. Finally, number three, the third truth is that God will restore us. God will restore me. So God still loves me no matter what I've done. God gives me freedom. God frees me. And God will restore me. He will bring you back to your original state. He will restore you to the way that he created you. He will make your heart beat again. He will make your heart pure again. But you have to give it to him. Now, this message about baggage, 
in order for it to be true, in order for us to um, be able to resolve our yesterdays. This, this message comes with this assumption that you belong to Jesus. It's, it's an assumption that you have given your heart to him. You see, if you do not belong to Jesus, he cannot free you from your baggage. It all starts with giving your heart and giving your life over to him. If you don't start there, you will carry the baggage of your sin for the rest of your life. And that doesn't sound very wholesome. But that's not where the story ends. The story ends with the opportunity for you to give all of your baggage over to Jesus and him to take it away from you and for you to live freely. That's the good news. As I look into the crowd today, I see people that have come to this new church that have found a way to give their lives over to Jesus and to see that their baggage is gone. And I, as I look at the people in the, in the eyes that, that have done that, say this at the refuge. We say that belief, because here's what happens. We believe in God, but that's not what saves us. The Bible says that even the devil and his angels believe in God. Believing in God doesn't save us. So when we say it's belief plus trust, we believe faith. If you want to get rid of the baggage, you have to let it go and trust God that he's you trust him. So do this favor with me. Bow, bow your heads and close your eyes. We're gonna, I love that we're talking about baggage today because we're doing this thing called baptism. Water baptism. And there will be people that will get into a horse trough that will bury some baggage today. some of you are here today and you want to bury some baggage but you didn't come prepared to be water baptized. I got good news for you. We came prepared. We got shirts, we got shorts, we got towels. We got everything that you need to go home dry. If you want to get baptized and you want to bury some baggage this morning, you can join us. So, in fact, you know what? Let me just say this. If you're getting bat water baptized today, um, you can exit to your left. There's an exit sign to your left. Go right out that door. There'll be someone there that'll give you shirts, shorts, and towels and get you ready to be baptized. But if you're here and you're saying, you know what? I kind of like to get rid of some baggage this morning. 
surrendering your heart over to Jesus. So maybe some of you are still in this room and you're saying, you know what, Pastor Adam, I've never done that. I've never given my heart over to Jesus. But I think it's time. Is there anyone like that? Anyone that would raise their hand so boldly and say, I need to give my heart to Jesus today. Anyone else? Maybe some of you are here today and you're carrying Maybe it's baggage from some unfulfilled expectations that you've had in life. Or maybe it's some baggage from untreated pain that you've had in the past. Maybe it's some baggage from some anger that went unresolved with other people and unresolved yesterday. Or maybe it's like me, and you struggle with baggage that you have an unhealthy view of yourself. Maybe you just need to confess some sin to, to Jesus today and ask him to forgive you. Would you do me a favor? Would you stand to your feet as we go to the Lord in prayer? God, thank you so much for who you are, for what you do. God, I pray that in this moment that we would have the boldness and the courage to respond to you. And I pray that over the next four weeks that we would get rid of some baggage, that we would demolish some strongholds, not because of us, but because of you, because of, it's all because of you. If you have something that you need prayer for today, I've got some friends that are at the stairs. My friend Kim is on my right. song in just a minute, and then we're going to be all dismissed to go out front. There is an ice cream truck waiting for everyone. Ice cream is on the house today. We want to buy you ice cream. We want you to stick around, and we want to celebrate the burying of some baggage. Does that sound like fun? Yeah, come on. Give God a hand today. Give God a hand today. Let's sing a song. Let's sing a song.